1: Hey there, it's Scary Parish. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Eye on College Basketball podcast where we sometimes discuss camel fighting and leaky black. Matt Norland is here with me and as previously noted, in addition to the normal episodes, we're going to also be doing short episodes on individual prospects in the 2020 NBA draft. We've already done LaMelo Ball. And it'll be topping. So if you miss those for whatever reason and you're interested, go find them. They're between 20 and 30 minutes each. Today we turn our attention to Anthony Edwards, the one and done guard from Georgia. Consensus top five picks. Some people's number one pick in the 2020 NBA draft. He's a six foot five guard. 225 pounds, super athletic, super explosive, super strong. Average 19.1 points, 5.2 rebounds, 2.8 assists, and 1.3 steals per game in 33 minutes per game. Shot 40.2% from the field, 29.4% from three-point range. So he's undeniably talented, and the potential for stardom is there, but he was wildly inefficient in his one year of college for a Georgia team that went 5-13 in the SEC. So there are questions. Norlander, I have Anthony Edwards as the third best prospect in this draft. You have him fourth. So let's just start with some general thoughts from you on Tom Crean's latest projected lottery pick.
0: Yeah. Um and on that note, I mean Edwards played for it. We, we barely talked about him last season on the Ion college basketball podcast because Georgia was 16 and 16. Um, he went absolutely off against Michigan state and Maui. And that was, uh, a game that Georgia lost, but he was bonkers. It was his best game of the season. I think GP, he had, he had a few good outings, but against Michigan state, which was the preseason number one team, of course, he had 37 points, six boards, uh, a couple of assists, three blocks, four steals. Um, Overall, it was an outrageous second-half performance, but he was really inconsistent, and ultimately it didn't lead to anything that brought Georgia any relevance. Like, Edwards wasn't as compelling of a basketball player and personality to even lift Georgia into the national conversation. We might have talked about him three or four times total in a season, which is unusual for a player that will be in the conversation for the number one pick. As an example, we talked about Ben Simmons plenty on the podcast the season that he went first overall. And on the note of Simmons, you know, what we have with Edwards – is a player who could go number one, and if he does, he's going to be like Ben Simmons and be like Markel Fultz and that he played for a team that wasn't good enough to get into the NCAA tournament and kind of drifted in anonymity for the majority of his season. Simmons was more relevant overall, but it was it became a thing with him and, and why LSU wasn't better than it actually was. To, for whatever reason, that just never became a talking point or a discussion point with Edwards. You mentioned the stats there. Um, I have him fourth. As you said, you've got him third. He is in the convo to be uh, the number one pick. It wouldn't stun me if it happened, for sure. I do find that his projections are pretty wide, and a lot of it has to do with how willing and wanting of a defender he wants to be. Because when you look at Anthony Edwards and his style, GP, so much of it is um, offensive-oriented. You will probably hear, and I'm going to resist trying to do this on the podcast and when we talk about the prospects on HQ going forward, you're going to hear probably, like, a poor man's version of a James Harden if it all hits. Because he's a lefty, he can shoot. And I guess there's the the potential. If you told me Anthony Edwards Parrish, if you told me five years from now that Edwards' game adapted to the NBA to the point where he was putting up, you know, 23 or 24 a night. I would believe you, but I I'm not totally sold on him being a for sure hit kind of prospect there. So he's definitely should go in the top 5. I would say definitely should go in the top 4, but man, he just took way too many possessions off defensively and if you take him first, you are banking on GP. I mean, you are banking on him becoming 80% of what James Harden is because defensively there's way too many questions. You're going to try and have to build them up there and you're expecting him to make a big leap and saying, okay, what Anthony Edwards is now and what he can grow to be in 2025, we think that's going to be a perfect fit at the NBA level. I'm just not all the way there. I think he'd be a fun player, but plenty of question marks. Does the lack of winning bother you? To me, yes, to a certain extent. Um, To a certain extent, yes. I I would prefer if there was a little... I would prefer if if Georgia had been a little bit better. Edwards had been a little bit better. I mean, he shot 29% from three-point range. That's clearly... For someone who has so much of his reputation on his offensive playmaking ability, he wasn't nearly as good from three-point range. He shot 29% and took 237 three-pointers, okay? He had his opportunities. He had a, a... one of the greenest of all green lights, and that's understandable. When Tom Crean, coaches at Georgia, gets the number one rated prospect and certainly a universal top three prospect in his class, he's going to be able to shoot whenever the hell he wants there. Shot 50% from two point range, and it wasn't like he didn't have talent around him, which is why, to answer your question, GP, I have a little bit of concern because Rayshawn Hammonds is a really good college player. Georgia should have been better than 16 and 16, in my opinion, and so. I don't think that's going to factor in hardly at all with GMs um, because Georgia wasn't outright terrible the way that Washington was outright bad with Markel Fultz. And Fultz is like, look where we are with him now. Different kind of players, although they're both southpaws. Um, So, yeah, it's an issue. Does it bother you?
1: It 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 does bother me to some degree, but I think I learned my lesson on this back in 2010. There is there's a couple of old tweets I have. I should just delete them no. so that stop, so that it stops happening. But there's a couple of old tweets I have that um, old takes exposed will bring back up every. It feels like every few months, and then I just get bombarded in in my mentions, get called an idiot over and over again. Um, one of them is because I said I thought it was. I tweeted. I have no idea why the Warriors won't move Clay Thompson for Kevin Love. Which, by the way, I still don't know that. That's like, listen, I, I get it. They won championships, right? So, okay, I take I take it back. Do in my you drop thirty
0: seven and a quarter? Yeah, like.
1: Yeah, but I don't think it was outlandish at the time to think, you know, why not move Clay Thompson for Kevin Love? I mean, yeah. Kevin Love is a borderline Hall of Fame player himself. Uh, and at the time, he was in his prime. So uh, that's one that gets brought up over and over again. The other one, and this one gets brought up more than any other, is I guess it was the night of the 2010 NBA draft. And <laughs> and uh, somebody on the broadcast once, I don't know, some NBA coach, or it was maybe – I don't know. It was it was out there uh, that one NBA executive said he believes Paul George will be the best player from this draft. And so my tweet is something along the lines of one NBA executive thinks Paul George will be the best player from this draft. You know why he thinks that? Because he's stupid. <laughs> so it's just a dumb tweet. Like it's it's you know it's a different me at a different time. Um, and among the reasons, the, among the reasons I thought that was. Well, because, A, he wasn't supposed to be the best player from that draft. That's why he didn't go number one, so I thought it was dumb at the time. Um, And then then he played for a terrible team at Fresno State. They were 15 and 18. And, like, if I'm being honest, I didn't properly break down Paul George heading into the 2010 NBA draft. But I was like, guy plays at Fresno State can't win, and, like, he's going to be good in the NBA? Whatever. Obviously, Paul George is great. And so – I try not to tie team success to what I think is possible for a prospect based somewhat on that obvious mistake. I do think there's something to be said for winners. Like Fred Van Vliet is a winner. He's always been a winner, and now he's in Toronto and he's winning. I think there is some value to, man, that guy just – he he wins. He, he helps his team win. But I don't necessarily anymore get dissuaded by – players who come from bad college teams, because if you do that, then you you end up passing on Ben Simmons. If you do that, you end up passing on Paul George. If you do that, it might lead you to pass on Anthony Edwards, but I'm not sure you wouldn't be making a mistake.
0: Yeah, Edwards is, I think Edwards is probably among the players that we are going to talk about that are in that f- top five or six range. I To me, even more than a LaMelo Ball or an Obi Toppin and then the guys that we'll get to, I, I think Edwards is going to be the guy that if you are a team that, and we're, by the way, we are two weeks out from the draft lottery. So I do think he is going to be the player that is going to give general managers and their scouting staffs enough hesitation here where, like, you know, If you've got the second pick, right, and you're looking at a lot of different guys, looking at team needs, and you are looking at an Anthony Edwards type who, if he hits, he's, if he hits, he is, I think his ceiling is good enough where he can be the leading scorer on your team in a matter of three or four seasons. That's if he hits. But if he doesn't, there's enough interesting talent and different kind of talent in this 2020 draft parish where if you miss on it, I'm not going to be one of those talking heads who's like, this player is going to cost you a job. Now, collectively, those decisions do cost general manager jobs. I don't think that drafting anything, to the Edwards, or not is going to directly lead to a general manager uh, getting a promotion or losing his gig whatsoever. But I do think that he is going to be among the toughest evals because whoever takes him, it's, it's not going to be a sure thing. Um, I think in my mock from late June when I did it off my big board, I wrote something along the lines of, you know, if you told me that Anthony Edwards hit or if his floor completely bottomed out and we looked up a decade from now and he was really like, you know, the 13th or 14th best player from this draft, I would believe it. And I would because I do think that he also had – when I think Anthony Edwards, I think, okay, he can score, but he's inconsistent, he can get super streaky – uh, and that's a problem because he can, there were definitely times, and I probably watched, I mean, Georgia wasn't good GP, I'll be honest, I probably watched maybe eight Georgia games, maybe nine Georgia games last season, primarily because of Edwards, I think Hammonds is actually a, a, a sneaky, decent NBA pro down the way, but he, there would be just pockets of games where he'd be unreal and you'd see it and then he would straight-up disappear. And it was definitely, to me, when I watched him, sometimes I thought he was the quintessential kind of player where when he's got it going on offense, then he can get engaged on the other end of the floor. And when it's not happening, then it's a real problem. And I do think one of my biggest talking points when we talk draft is you will hear more often than not, people critique players' defensive aptitude. I find that to be overstated more often than not. And also, by the way, the preeminent example of this is Steph Curry. even if he's not an elite defender, dude is one he's going to be one of the 10 most influential one of the five most influential players in NBA history and one of the 20 greatest easily by the end of his career, I could give an F how good he is on defense. So uh, sometimes I think we overvalue that, but that's not to say that defense isn't important. And Edwards in particular clearly has the body, the athleticism, to develop into a good nba player on the defensive end the biggest question is will he want to do that
1: right i'm i'm not that concerned about the defense although he was terrible defensively at georgia the reason i wouldn't be concerned is because it's not like he's bad defensively for any obvious reason i mean he's 6'5", 225 he moves well he should be able to guard multiple positions he's strong like if he to me being a, an adequate uh, uh, and uh, to, to, to being being good, uh, or at least acceptable on the defensive end of the court, just comes down for him to like. D- do you want to do it? Go do it. Like you know, mm-hmm. a, you know, focus, um, be engaged, and and guard somebody. He didn't do that enough at Georgia, but I don't think that means he can't do it in in the NBA. When you mention the evaluations, they're all over the place for him. I, I think that's true. Uh, there are some games you see him and you go well that that guy's clearly the number one pick in the draft. And then there's other games you're like I don't I wouldn't touch that guy at all. That said everybody has him in the top 5. But you know mm-hmm. Sam Fasini, our buddy did a a piece for the Athletic. You should go check it out if you haven't. Um not just you Norlander but anybody listening where he talked to I believe eight different college coaches who coached against uh, anthony edwards this year and everybody recognizes the talent you know that that's easy like of course he's big strong can really shoot it um got a chance to be special uh, everybody take would take him in the top five but within that group some would take him number one and some wouldn't touch him at at number one i remember you know georgia played at memphis this year and my buddy chris vernon who does the um ringers nba podcast he was I believe at that game. And he was like, if you didn't know anything about anybody on this court, you would never think Anthony Edwards is maybe the number one pick of the draft. Like you, it just, you would not think that at all. He just was out. He was just a guy. Now he had moments, but he's just a guy. And too often in his one season at Georgia, he was just a guy like 49% of his field goal attempts were three pointers. sometimes, if not lots of times, awful three-pointers. I mean, when you are bigger, stronger, more athletic, more gifted than everybody you're playing against, why 49% of your field goal attempts from beyond the arc when you're only making 29% of them? I think he's a better shooter than that. I know he's a better shooter than that. He just takes too many bad shots. Now, maybe that's something that can get fixed. It'll have to get fixed. But at the collegiate level, his body type, he should be able to Big boy one guard after another after another, get to the rim, draw fouls. He only shot five free throws per game. Only 25.6% of his field goal attempts were at the rim. So what good are all of these natural gifts that you have if you don't take advantage of them? And to me, that was one of the biggest problems at at Georgia for Anthony Edwards. Yes, he has a beautiful step-back jumper that will serve him well in the NBA, but you don't have to take it all the time in college. Why don't you get to the rim more? Uh, like, Is it, 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 I don't think it's a situation where he couldn't, he could, he just didn't. Is it laziness? I'm not sure, but he, somebody's got to get him to take advantage of his natural gifts because his natural gifts are what makes him the number one pick in the draft and not somebody who takes 49% of his field goal attempts from beyond the arc.
0: You're, you're, Your points and data there on his shot distribution is uh, enlightening and certainly something that I think that the teams that are looking at him are going to take into account. You mentioned the the Memphis game. That was George's best win of the season, by the way. They won 65-62. I just pulled up the stat line here. Uh, Edwards, 2-12 of from two-point range, 2-5 of from three. He had 13 points, four assists, four boards, a couple of turnovers, so he was he was fine, but he wasn't a standout. One thing that's probably benefiting him uh, is for as much as he had the ball and as high of a usage rate as he had, he was not prone to turn it over a ton, which is which is a relatively good sign. Like, he doesn't have the ball on a string or anything like that, but he's got good command of it, and he is – I mean, Edwards really is the definition of a modern-day, what I would refer to as – and what's sometimes referred to as a lead guard. Not even a combo guard, but a lead guard. He's not out and out of, uh, a point guard, No, no – two ways about it, but he's not a true two either. Like, he needs the ball in his hands, and he's going to want to command it. Now, that's obviously going to change as soon as he gets into the NBA because he's not good enough, and he hasn't proven to be reliable enough of a shooter to validate stepping in and getting, you know, top two, top three touches on a team. But um, I I do think that he has enough of a ceiling and has shown enough at the college level that, as you said, unlike Lamella Ball, even though I'm an outsider on this, like, he wasn't – a consensus top five preseason pick as far as I'm concerned. And then we talked about Obi top and he's across the board. Anthony Edwards is going to go in the top four or five. I think that's a guarantee. And we, this is one where we totally agree on it overall. It's just, I don't, <laughs> I I wonder if we look five or six years down the road, in the NBA is the NBA still going to be the same kind of game as we've seen it turn into in the past couple of years this is my last on the GP the last couple of years, or are we going to look up in six years and, whether there's a little more of a uh, pendulum swing back to bigs or maybe trying to get 6'9", 6'10", guys who can step out and shoot more, even than than we have now. Like, is Anthony Edwards just – is he arriving a year or two too late? Or is he really catching this on the upswing? And we look up and we say, this dude's an all-star and it's his fourth year in the league. I will be intrigued to to see uh, what we get from him because for the purposes of this podcast, unless you were a Georgia fan – you lived in Georgia, second straight podcast shouts to Will Leach, or you are a diehard college basketball fan. Like Anthony Edwards was he wasn't on your radar. He, I mean, he was as again, comes from all circle. He's barely talked about, and so that's why he makes for an interesting draft prospect and might be someone who really won't settle in until the program, if it indeed fits his style most.
1: You brought up the Ben Simmons thing earlier. It it is true that if you go back to that season, his one season at LSU, like LSU being bad with Ben Simmons was like a real story that we talked about a lot, and yet Georgia being bad with Anthony Edwards just it didn't it wasn't the same kind of story at all. Why was that? Is it because Ben Simmons was obviously the number one pick in the draft?
0: Uh, I think there's a couple of things. Uh, yes, for sure. Uh, two, Ben Simmons was you know a six nine. By the way, I've heard this, like, people got to stop saying that Ben Simmons is like 6'11", feet. Like, he's not that tall. Like, what are we doing right now? Like, I've heard people say Kevin Durant's 7'1". Dude's not 7'1". Like, we have, I think uh, media types sometimes have a tendency to inflate these guys. Like, <laughs> Ben Simmons is not a 7-foot point guard. He's not that tall. But when he was in college and he was he was a 6'9 point guard and was clearly the number one prospect in his class, you had that, you had the Johnny Jones factor because everyone was loving killing Johnny Jones for underachieving at LSU and because... I think a certain section of our listenership will really remember this. Before Trey Young, it was ESPN talking about Ben Simmons in any way it could shoehorn, it, shoehorn him into conversations related to college basketball. And so I think there became fatigue with that. And then once his team wound up being not any good whatsoever, that's why it became not just Ben Simmons and LSU's lack of performance, relatively speaking, but it's like, why are we giving all this attention to
1: a player that's not even worth it? Okay, prediction time. Anthony Edwards will be a... A big scoring all-star, B, a good but not great starter on a, a you know, a competent team, or C, just a guy who puts up points and impacts winning in no way whatsoever.
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna sneak around this, so I'm gonna go in between A and A and B there. Um, I think he will be better than good but not great. Put me at the over under. You know what? I'm going to say Anthony Edwards makes one All-Star game in his career. So, a little bit better than B or maybe that is B as far as you're concerned, but I don't I don't think that Anthony Edwards is going to wind up having a Hall of Fame career or be the kind of guy who winds up, you know, leading the league in scoring or as a top three scorer in the NBA.
1: If he only makes one All-Star team, that's disappointing, right?
0: Depends on where he's picked. Um from where we stand and how we talk about him right now. And he was by some, the number one player in his class. I think that would be, yes. I mean, we got to be careful with the expectations, but yes, I, I think relatively speaking, if Anthony Edwards plays 15 seasons in the NBA is mostly void of any serious injuries and only makes one all-star game. If you want to classify that as disappointing, I think
1: that's fair. Yeah. All-star games are tricky though. Like Mike Conley's never made an all-star game, but he's made like $300 bazillion that's and amazing. he's been a very good NBA player. That's amazing.
0: Okay. Real quick. Let, let's wrap this up. Uh, Anthony Edwards versus Mike Conley's career. I, <laughs> I think actually, you know what, that might be right on par. But I'll say I'll say slightly, 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 slightly less of a career than Mike Conley for Anthony Edwards. That's my guess.
1: Yeah, um, obviously different players, yep. different positions. But um, we were talking about it strictly from the all-star game perspective. I will say one thing Mike Conley and Anthony Edwards seem to have in common. Um, by all accounts, Anthony Edwards is, a, is an impressive player you know, young man away from the court. Like I know Tom um, really liked him. Like that's one of the first things Tom Crean ever told me about Anthony Edwards was uh, he asked me, he said, have you ever met him? You ever been around him? And I was like, no. And he said, Oh, you'd like him. He's a really impressive, really good young man. So like, that's obviously a good place to start. Um, Honestly, uh, if you told me he was an all-star, you know, uh, competing for scoring titles, it wouldn't blow my mind. If you told me he was just a guy who gets up a lot of shots and gets scores points for a bad NBA team for much of his career, that would not surprise me at all either. He has got to, and that really might be the the what determines what he is, like shot selection and a desire to do the things he's actually great at. I know he can make a three-point shot. um, and, and at a better rate than he did in college, but I do not need Anthony Edwards taking 50 percent of his field goal attempts from from beyond the arc. Even in a sport that is now heavily reliant on the three point shot, you're big, you're strong, you're athletic. Get to the rim, get fouled, dunk on somebody. That's what I would do if I were him. If I were six foot five, two hundred twenty five pounds.
0: But you're not. Never I will not.
1: be. It's a, it's it's a hell of a thing to realize. You'll never be six foot five, two hundred twenty five pounds.
0: Nope. Nope. I'm I'm six three, I'm six three one seventy five. What are you? What are oh, you at right now, GP? I'm um, five five like one oh, one eighty. Five, five, five,
1: five, five seven and three quarters. All right, it's 5'7". 5'7", and three quarters. One eighty five. I got six seven
0: inches on you, and I way less than you. Gosh. Well, but you know what? You are you are. I wouldn't say you're compact. You, 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 yeah, you're you're dense. You know, like
1: body mass. I think this is what they call online bullying. No, no, I'm giving you a compliment. I feel like you're body shaming me. I'm not body shaming you.
0: Parrish's got a he's got a nice set of arms. Although one of them one of them one of them's dead. But yeah.
1: You want to comment on my little wiener now? (laughs) (laughs) I think we can wrap the pod. Shouts to Devin. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Terry MF and Teagle He's a legend. Shouts to Larnett. But thank you for listening once again in the middle of a pandemic. If you enjoy the podcast, please tell one person about it. If you're not subscribed, please go subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts. I'd appreciate it. We appreciate you. Please go do those things and we will talk to you again really, really soon. Until then.